Welcome back to Challenge Call Podcast. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? All right. We are back at it, recording on a Thursday night. Uh, recording a little bit earlier, so the Thursday night football game is not on quite yet, but I will be flipping to that once it starts. Avery, what are you up to? I'm drinking a Modelo. It's pretty tasty. I haven't had one in a while, so... I am drinking a Bud Light Platinum in my favorite little Iowa koozie. It's a little sweater. It's got a hood. Some drawstrings and a little pouch right here, technically. So fancy. This is my favorite fancy. model koozie. Oh man, but no, I'm good, man. Uh, I got. You want to hear this? I got five weeks left of college classes. That's it. Nice. Five weeks. I've got two weeks left of college football, and then nice. I will be on the road. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but it's actually a good time. It's a pretty. Yeah. I, like it, it. It's a mixed bag, you know. Pros and cons. Like love it to a degree, hate it to a degree. It's all. That means uh, you're going to come see me soon, huh? Maybe? Yes. All right. On my yearly visit from Max. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, I will. I had to think about that for a second because some plans got changed. But we'll discuss that more later. Uh, but we'll go ahead and get rolling with the podcast. And we will start with our sports news, as always, that we're doing lately. Uh, Avery, give us our first sports news update. We have a World Series champion, the Texas Rangers came out and destroyed the Diamondbacks. They won uh, the series 4-1, to and it wasn't even close, man. So congrats to the Rangers. Much deserved. I kind of wanted to see the Diamondbacks win this just because they were the sixth seed. Rangers were the fourth seed. So, like, I mean, you know, it's still, you know, underdog kind of won it, but I like the sixth seed Diamondbacks. And they ended up losing 4-1. to Rangers. So there was a four seed versus a six seed in the World Series. That's, That's why. That is a true just underdog matchup. Like, there is no underdog anymore because they're both they're both just there. But, yeah, congrats to the Texas Rangers. Texas wins it big once again. Shout out, shout out to the Rangers. Uh, on a more somber note, we got a little hockey news here. Uh, there was actually a crazy incident that happened over in the U.K., a hockey game going on in England. A player actually had their throat slit by a skate, and they ended up passing away. And is that just not the craziest thing you've ever heard? You know, we've seen a lot of injuries and we've seen a lot of, like, we haven't seen a death on the field or a court or an ice in a long time. And this was, this was it right here. Uh, Adam Johnson, man, it was crazy. Like, it sucked. Did you watch the highlight of it? No, I could. Well, I, I think I did, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't see anything. Like, I, I well, missed it, whatever I watched quickly. Yeah, I watched a uh, slowed down version of the highlight and the opponent, I don't even know his name. He's under investigation right now by the CIA since it happened in England, CIA. And because uh, it looks, it looks like when you watch it or the speculation right now is that it looks intentional. Um, I don't know if that means intentional, like I was trying to kill him or just intentional, like, Hey, you were, you know, fighting during a hockey game, fighting during a hockey game. Like if it was an intentional kick, like, I don't Dude, know how far they're going to say. He swung his leg up and literally hit him right in the throat. Like, he swung his leg up. Yes. Like, Which, why, if it wasn't intentional, why would you swing your leg up? For sure. That's well, no, but that's not what I'm saying. Like, right. in, intentional in the regard of, like, I'm trying to kill you. Like, if I was holding a gun to you or something and I shot you, that's intentionally, like, trying to kill you. But if I was, like, just uh, throwing a swing at you, I'm not necessarily trying to kill you. I'm just trying to hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Because hockey, like, it is a very violent sport. Like, there's a lot of 
fighting and stuff like that that happens. And kicking is a totally normal, like, fuck you kind of thing to do. Like, was he specifically outright, like, like I'm going to fucking kill this guy? Or was he just <laughs> kicking him because he's an aggressive hockey player and hockey players fight, you know? I think, I think it's a mixed bag because, like, in sports, man, you think about it, you see red. Like, sometimes, like, you get in the heat of the moment and you see red. I think he was intentionally trying to hurt him, but, a char- like, charges do get put on him, and he is found, like, and he has to go to court and everything like that. Like, he still killed a guy, and it's still oh, it's sure. premeditated, but it's still murder. Yeah, so and it would be, it would be what? Is that second-degree homicide? Probably third-degree homicide. Third-degree? Third-degree, maybe manslaughter. Like it's kind of that gray area. And, and that's but, what gets into the question that I'm asking. Like manslaughter would be, I was not trying to kill you. Right. I just did end up killing you. Manslaughter. That's third, degree, right. third degree murder is like, well, I, I low key was trying to kill you. Like just yeah. in the moment, like pure, not premeditate, you know, like, like yeah. you're not the player that stole my wife or something. And I was like, when I go on the ice today, I'm gonna kill this guy. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think he was intentionally trying to kill the guy. I think he was intentionally trying to hurt the guy, which I think oh, if, for if, sure. charges, if charges do get pressed, it is going to be considered probably manslaughter at that point. And that guy's career is over. Um, a little bit about Adam Johnson, though. He was a former NHL player, and I think that's why we got the news over here so much. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins for a couple of years. And, you know, if that would have happened in the United States, it would have been everywhere. That yeah. would have been and well, here's the thing, though. The big key of that, though, is if that would have happened in the United States, this guy might be alive, frankly. Yeah. Because hockey is a lot more popular in the States and at hockey games or at NHL games, I should say. Maybe not necessarily. At, I don't know about college hockey, but definitely not high school or youth hockey. But at NHL games, there are ambulances. There are like medical staff like they are present just waiting for those kind of things to happen like you got a situation like that and there's a first response instantly yeah. over in the uk it's not as big it probably would be treated more like a high school hockey game here or something i the big thing is they didn't have an ambulance like at the scene ready to go rush them to the hospital they had to wait on one to get there and he bled out in the locker room yes it's insane like yeah, I, I agree, man. If it would have happened in the NHL, he'd probably still be alive. Or even in the Canadian football, uh, hockey league, he would have still been alive. So at the end of the day, it's the sad reality of sports. These guys are putting their lives on the line. You know, even if you don't think about it, they are every single day. And, you know, he lost his life for a sport that he loved, though. So Yeah, it's, it's just a rough situation all around. Um hopefully we don't see anything like this again uh you would think that there would have to be some sort of changes made like one of the changes is they actually do make like kevlar like almost chokers like they low-key look like chokers that are just like little kevlar strips and stuff you have to wear them in youth hockey when you play uh we might start seeing that being a requirement in like the nhl or higher levels just because of this incident happening in like an instant like this, this is the only way that type of stuff can change and protocols can get put in place. Yes. Because if it didn't happen, you know, everybody would go on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the only way, but I would say the most effective way, probably. Right. Yeah. Yep. But on a lighter note, we'll move on from hockey here. Uh, we will get into a little bit of NBA because we do have some NBA action officially going outside of the very first official NBA game with the Nuggets. 
I haven't really watched any NBA. Uh, I'm still in football mode. I am still almost entirely in football mode. So it is difficult to sit down and watch other sports because if football's on, I'm watching football. If football's not on, I honestly don't really care to watch TV sometimes. But um, currently the Kings are two and two. Those two losses are to the Warriors, a playoff team we faced last year. It's a little disappointing. Uh, one of those losses, I regretfully have to say, is due to Keegan Murray missing a game-winning three-pointer. So sad, but hey, you're going to miss sometimes. It's fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, in my books, man, two and two. I mean, they're not doing as great as I thought they would. They started off the year with a comeback win, and now they just kind of they're, – they're just getting started. You know, it's new dynamic there with Damian Lillard. Young There's a long season ahead. Long season. 82 games, and we're only – what, 78 in? I mean, we kept mentioning that during the MLB season, so here we go. You know, 78 more games to go. Uh, hopefully the Bucks can turn it around and start yep. playing championship-caliber basketball. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets are 4-1, and one, looking like they came back ready to kick some butt and uh, win another championship, potentially. So, Dude, Jokic. I hate Jokic, but I love Jokic because he does not put any effort into the NBA. It's a side hustle for the guy. He, he looks like the laziest basketball player who's just fucking amazing at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's this kid that we went to high school with. He was six foot seven or like six foot six, six foot seven. And he just like, he was tall and like he was taller than everybody else. He wasn't good, but he was tall. And that's who, every time I see Jokic, that's who he reminds me of. Yes, but... Jokic definitely had, probably had the height advantage as a kid, you know, just towering over everybody, made it easy for him, a little lazy. But typically you see that, and those guys have a hard time when they actually start facing some real competition, like around college and whatnot. Jokic, not the case. He is still balling out, NBA MVP, just doing it all. But speaking of basketball, and also mentioning college basketball a little bit, college basketball is officially starting back up on November 6th. That is a day that is coming up. Is that a Monday, a Tuesday? I don't know. Uh, that is a Monday. 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 So starting on Monday, um, one of the opening, I'll let you go ahead and talk about one of the uh, opening games on that day. Yeah. One of the opening games is my UNO Mavericks, man. We played Doan University. It's weird because Doan is a D2 school and you never see a D2 school basing a D1 school in college football. But no. in basketball, this happens all the time. Yeah, well, and, I, we've even seen there are Division three schools yeah. that have played Division one schools. I, I think we talked about this last season on this pod. We talked yeah. about just the difference of like, yeah, you can put five guys, no matter what the skill level is against each other. It might be brutal, but it's not going to get anybody hurt like it would in football. Right. For sure. Yeah, no. And so like this is like a tune-up game for UNO. And I'm excited because they didn't have the best season last year. They had a first-year head coach, so we're going into the second year with our new head coach, and hopefully he can kind of turn around UNO. We're always known as, like, the stepbrother of uh, Omaha because we have Creighton, which is a powerhouse in college basketball. And so, like, it kind of sucks, like, being a UNO Maverick basketball fan and then, like, having Creighton right, right next door, and you're like, wow. Like, I yeah, can never that, like, have a good that must, season. That must be how uh... – Iowa State fans feel all the time with Iowa being right down the road. But yep. Iowa's uh, opening basketball game is going to be versus North Dakota. So also a bit of a tune-up game for them. That's actually happening on the 7th, on Tuesday. So depending on what time that is, I might be able to watch this, actually, because there's no football on Tuesday. So, 
But um, speaking of tune-up games for them and whatnot and higher levels playing lower levels, I just had a thought. Everybody starts out with tune-up games, right? Like, it's notorious that everybody always starts against a lower opponent, kind of has a bit of a tune-up and, like, gets started with an easy couple wins here. Like, the first two, three games are usually lower-level opponents. That's only the case for the highest levels, though. Lower levels don't get a tune-up game. They get their asses handed to them by upper-level schools. Well, and that's not the case. Like, look at UNO versus Dome. Like, UNO is not a great basketball program. Like, they haven't been in recent bias. You know, they haven't been in recent years. But and, you're still playing down. But we are pl- we have to play down because, like, we can't schedule at Iowa State or Iowa or even a Drake because we would get murdered. Or we can't even schedule Creighton. And that's why we have to play down. So there are tune-up games for those low, lower-level D1 schools. Oh, for sure. I just – so – Yes, obviously. And that's the case because if there are three FBS schools, well, we're not in football, but (laughs) if there are like three power five schools, then there's six general five schools. Then there's 24 division two. Then there's 50 division three. Like, yeah, obviously those three schools can't like, there's going to be other schools that have to play down as well. But in a general speaking term, like division one schools, play down like the power five play at almost uh fcs level i know there's not levels like that i just can't get my brain out of football but they play down to a degree even division twos will play down to division threes and stuff like that like i'm just saying in the general landscape only the top like higher school like everybody that's like a high level division one plays down obviously like who are they gonna there's no one to play up to if you're not playing one of those schools, then you play down. If you're not playing one of those, the if you're not playing a down game at that next lower level, you're playing. So it's just like a trickle effect of if you're not playing up to get your butt handed to you, like you're scheduling a game where you're going to play down. Yeah. And unfortunately, D3 schools get the rough end of the stick because there's nobody to play down to. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say that. That comes down to scheduling because uh, there is a very, very big difference between, like, a good conference and a bad conference in Division Three. For sure. And so, yeah, I mean, it'll be cool to see college basketball start to get a swing of things and us to follow it throughout the year, especially when March Madness time comes around. I love March Madness. Mar- March Madness is a great time. Uh, by that point, I'm fully invested in basketball. Football's over. It's done with. I can move on with my life. But, uh <laughs> Uh, speaking of football, it is still football season. Wow, TCU is getting their butts handed to them by Texas Tech right now. Uh, <laughs> I just looked over at the screen. But more tragic slash happy news, take it as you will, I guess, um, with our Iowa Hawkeyes in the football world, Brian Ferentz. He was fired on Tuesday? Earlier this week. I forget what exact day the news broke. Earlier this week, the athletic director at the University of Iowa fired Brian Ferentz. And by fired, I mean they told him that he was not going to be renewed or he was not going to come back at the end of the season, but he will finish the season. Um, That's not how you fire somebody. Yeah. Uh, That's the situation as a whole is a very awkward way. So feelings removed from Ferentz. We'll get it. We'll get into our personal opinions of the firing based on him and what we know and all that jazz, but just the general move of fire firing them mid-season but like saying they're going to finish the season first thoughts on that yeah i think a lot of it is because 
they didn't want to lose Kirk in the process. Uh, because you got to think, firing your son, even if it's uh, for a betterment of the program, has to be tearing Kirk Ferentz up right now. And if you let Brian go right now in the middle of the season, who says Kirk doesn't come out the next day with a press conference and says, hey, I'm retiring? Sure, but why not wait? The, the, here's my I, – I, I disagree with that because if that's the case – you don't fire him till after the season. True. Fair. Like, why do it now? Well, we have an interim AD right now, right? There's right. an interim AD at the University of Iowa. And, and, and speaking, uh, speaking of that, the reason the athletic director is the one firing him is because of a, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the word for it, nepotism. A nepotism law, since he is the head coach's son, he technically does not work for Kirk. He works for the athletic director. That was a way to get around the fact that the head coach normally changes, uh, manages his assistant staff, but since he is Kirk's direct son to avoid nepotism, blah, blah, AD. Thought that was a good time to mention that, but continue. Yeah, no, so I think at the end of the day with it, it is a interim AD, and so there, she's getting a lot of pressure from a lot of Iowa fans. And we'll mention what type of pressure here in a little bit, but there's been a lot of pressure by Iowa fans. I think she had to make a move. I think at the end of the day, like with the way our season went, what he's averaging 19 points per game. There is no way he was going to hit his milestone regardless. And Definitely. But the, the big thing too with that is also, sure, we're managing 19 points a game, but look at the sideline. We've got Cade, Luke, and Eric all sitting on the side. Like, those are supposed to be our three golden players this season. Like, what what offensive coordinate, not to defend Ferencz too much or anything, I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. Like, you tell me what offensive coordinator is going to come in and score more with, like, nothing. They've got nothing to work with. But I'll answer my own question now because um, the way that the statement was released, she says something about we have to do – what's best for our students and the school and the pro, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It, it comes down to recruiting. They don't yep. want a bunch of kids to overlook Iowa because of the kind of um, shit or whatever that Ferentz take heat. They don't want the kind of heat that Ferentz takes as an offensive coordinator. Like they don't want to play under that. Like we're yeah. trying to recruit receivers. Cause that's the thing is if we want to score and we want to be good, we need to record, recruit good receivers. Right. Um, Good receivers don't want to play under Brian Ferentz because Brian Ferentz does not use receivers much. Therefore, if we try to go through this like end of season recruiting process, kids are committing to other schools, all that. They don't want to play under Brian. I think you need to get the news out now that like, Hey, we're going to have a new OC. Brian's not going to be here. Like, please talented players, like feel free to actually come join the program now. Yeah, no, I agree. It does come down to recruiting because there's a lot of schools that are getting these players instead of Iowa because of Brian Ferentz. Um, the other thing with it, too, is, you know, it's sad with Brian, right? Like, But at the same time, it was writing on the wall. Like, we came in, and we mentioned it in the beginning of the season. There was no way that he was probably going to average 25 points, especially his track record, his history, what we've seen the last three to four years. We're, we weren't going to average 25 points per game, especially in the Big Ten. It's hard to score that many points, especially at Iowa, where you said we don't get receivers. We don't get those skilled player guys that we need. Yeah, we get tight ends. We get running backs. We get linemen. But do we actually get those guys, or do we develop those guys? Like that's A little the, bit of both. 
a little bit of both, right? And so if you go truly deep into it, I think it comes back to writing on the wall that this is Kirk Ferentz's last year in Iowa also. And I think that's why they're letting Brian finish out the season with his dad. And I think Kirk Ferentz is going to retire this year. I, I think there's a good, good possibility that he retires after the season, Brian being gone. Um, of yep. course, he kind of declined to talk about it uh, yep. when asked about it, as any good football coach should or would say, like, we're in season. The only thing on my mind right now is Northwestern. Like, mm-hmm. like that, that is truly a football coach mentality. I know our line coach says it all the time. Um, we have joint meetings just like with the tight ends and O-lines, you know, pretty much very similar position, especially the way we use our tight ends. We use them very heavy in the run game. We don't throw to them very much. So we normally meet as a group that very first Monday meeting after the previous game, he does a short little recap of the game. He's like, yeah, we just played so-and-so, but like, it's a new week. I'm onto this game. All that matters is this game. We want to go one and oh this week. Don't care what the record is. Don't care what we just did last week. Like we're trying to go one and oh this week. That's all that matters. And that was essentially Kirk's, that was essentially Kirk's answer, which is, a fair answer to give. That's like, that he's speaking like a true football coach. At the yes. end of the day. He's, which he like should. A he's a very experienced long-term, the longest tenured head coach in college football. Let me ask you one more thing about this Brian thing and we'll move on. Um, what happens if he goes out and our offense averages like 34 points a game, we win the rest of our games and there's a close big 10 matchup in the big 10 championship. Like at the I end believe, of the day, I believe it's too late for him it to stay. And in, in either case, like, I doubt he would stay anyway. Um, I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, no, you fired me. Fuck you. Um, I could see him in another role with the yes. Iowa. Yes, like, I, was, I, was just trying, I was just trying to debate the kind of role he would get. I don't know if he'd pop out and go be an OC somewhere else. I don't know yeah. if he would take potentially an NFL job at a position level. Um, there well, are probabilities think, out there for him. And you think about it at the end of the day, like, Let's be honest. There's not going to be many coaching OC positions for him unless he wants to drop a level from his performance. I don't know. Something at Michigan might be open up. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, Michigan. But, yeah, so I don't know, dude. I think at the end of the day, even if he does go, we average 34 points a game, which is not going to happen. It really isn't going to happen. But even if we did, like, like it's a little too late. It's yeah. too little too late. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of hire we make following this. I'm curious to see if we have Kirk or not. Um, if we do still have Kirk, we'll hire somebody else, and Iowa will kind of keep doing what Iowa does. If we don't have Kirk, I'm very, very curious to see how Iowa football as a whole changes. You know, like we Because if that happens, we're not going to be the same heavy tight end, run it down your throat kind of power eye team. It's going to change into – kind of what college football has been changing to. And I, I like that. I think things need to move that way a little bit if you want to keep up in today's game. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, I think we lose a lot of our tight end you kind of um, mindset. Like, yes. we're not going to be tight end you if we change our offensive system. Well, and then that's the other thing. Like, yeah, I want Kirk gone a little bit. Like, not, not fully. I like Kirk Ferentz. He's longest tenure Iowa coach. He's longest tenure college football coach. But he knows how to develop. He knows how to develop players. He gets one, two, three-star athletes, and he turns them into five first-round picks. And that's what happens every single year. At the end of the day, though, right, we have Oregon, UCLA, USC, 
and Washington joining our conference. And this is the time for new blood. I And I'm just going to go over to Nebraska, for example. They saw what the writing on the wall with Scott Frost. They were not successful with Scott Frost. They brought in Matt Rule. And right now they're five and three, and they have a good program going. Their offense isn't really clicking yet, yet, but they show flashes. Their defense is solid, and I think that's exactly what would happen with Iowa. Because at the end of the day, you think about it, Iowa is going to be a great landing spot for a head coach. Like someone, that's a good, good job because one, Iowa holds on to the coaches for years and they give them multiple chances. Two, we have a good tradition going and we're a winning college football program. You mention it all the time, eight win Iowa. I think it would continue under the new head coach. Yeah, we might have a year or two where we go four and whatever. We go there there would definitely be a setback. There would definitely be a setback period. But wouldn't it be worth it to go two years at the bottom of the barrel of the Big Ten but actually be able to compete for a national championship? And still yes. Just and, and winning, you, winning. You, have to get, you have to get bad before you get good. Like, like nothing's going to change. Until things get worse before they get better, it's always a life principle. Last thing I'm going to mention at Iowa is yes, they are going to be making a lot of coaching changes. They are going to be, they're all, they're going to go downhill. They're not going to be as good of a team. Hopefully, coming from that, they'll be hiring some coaches. Maybe they'll be looking for a tight end guy, someone <laughs> local in the area. I don't know. I'll I'll fill that one out. But <laughs> we'll transition that into a little bit of college football recap here. Speaking of uh, rebuilding pro. De- rebuilding programs going from the bottom to the top and whatnot. Uh, Not that Colorado's at the top by any means, but uh, Colorado just played number 23 ranked UCLA. They did lose. I kind of figured they would. 28 to 16 though, not a horrible game. Uh, They held in a little bit. They're on the right track. They're they're on the right track. They're they're heading in a good direction. Um, I was just talking with you before we started recording about when they played TCU and everyone thought they were going to be this crazy dominating team all of a sudden. And it turns out TCU is just losing by like 14 points to Texas tech right now. But uh, no, Colorado's in the right track. And hopefully I know we won't see as quick of a change happening at Iowa, but I'd like to see that steady climb still. For sure. And Colorado, man, they have made some leaps and bounds. And like you say all the time though, it's a completely new team. Like, they brought in a whole bunch of what it was the biggest, like, turnover rate in college football history. And that's the Deion Sanders effect, of course. Um, he did not recruit offensive line, and it's really showing still. Throughout speaking, speaking of that, though, um, and I'm going to let our listeners into a little bit of background here. But um, remember what I was saying? I couldn't remember that other sports news thing I wanted to talk about. It was Colorado's O-line and Deion Sanders' statement about the O-line. Did you see what Deion Sanders said um, as far as going forward in the next season about their O-line play? I think so, a little bit. I think he said what? He said that... uh, He said something to the effect of, I'll replace them all. Yep. (laughs) And I think he will. Like, that's just... 100% will. (laughs) He's not a... He's a non-nonsense type of guy. And yes. that's who he is. He's very blunt, and he wants what he wants, and he'll get it when he wants it. Yes. And I, some people, some people were talking about kind of the uh, like, oh, that that's not the way to go about that, or like you don't just say it like that, or whatever, blah blah. blah. But like at the end of the day, like that's what it is, you know. Like, I, hey, I'm gonna fucking replace him now. What the kids obviously understand, or what he may or may not have told them as well, 
outside of just saying it to the media is you won't be replaced if you actually step up and perform and do well. He didn't say all that. He wasn't all soft and touchy with them, but like, that's the reality of it. Like, like I'll replace every single one of them unless there's obviously that unless they perform and step up because they're still the, you know, like there's plenty of games left. Like they, a couple of them, at least like they could keep a guard or a tackle or somebody if they truly, truly just got better or started performing well, you know what I mean? Or even if they're young guys and they bring in some older transfers to help them succeed and they just develop in the program for a couple of years, like maybe they still do start. Maybe they stick around in Colorado and they start by the time they're seniors. But I, I don't see an issue with what he said at all. Like that is the reality of their situation. And like you said, he's a no nonsense guy and he's just telling you how it is. And I do like that you mentioned that, you know, if they do step up, he won't replace them all because there's one guy that stuck out to my, like in my head from earlier in the year, Trevor Woods. He's a safety for Colorado, number 43. He made a couple of big plays in that Colorado state game with the pick. Uh, and he's one of those guys that came back under Deion Sanders' utilage and he's performed all fucking year. And he's a great player for Colorado. So I agree. Like it's either if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen type of shit. And I do like that aspect of Deion Sanders and there is another aspect, too, is he reminds me of Bill Belichick. I mean, no-nonsense guy. He wants what he wants, and he'll replace your ass if you don't perform. And I do like that aspect. At the end of the day, though, Colorado, they are 4-4, four and four, and there is a potential that they're not going to win another game this year. They, they play have a very tough schedule coming up still. Um, yes. And, yeah, it'll, it'll be tough. What is bowl eligible? Five or six? Six. Six. six games, and they play Oregon State, which is ranked 16th, yep. Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. I think the only game they win out of that, which would put them at five and seven, is Arizona. Arizona. Yep. yep. And, I mean, they might pull a sneaker off against maybe a Utah team that's looking for a rematch against Oregon and the uh, Pac-12 championship game or a Washington State team that's just done, uh, down on their luck. But at the end of the day, Colorado is still Colorado. And hopefully they can turn it around, but I don't think they're going to. Yeah, they get, get, I'll be interested to see how the rest of the season goes for them. Obviously, outlook not super hopeful, but still, Dion's success in the year he's been there is still insane. They went from a one-win team to a four-win team, and next year I would be absolutely shocked if that was not a six, seven, eight-win team. Yeah, I agree. I think they could be a seven-win team next year. But that's next year. This is now. Yes. And Colorado is not the greatest football team in the world. No offense, Max. I know you like Colorado. You supported Colorado all year. But I told you in the beginning of the year, they'd be lucky if they won a bowl game. And it's on that right track of them not getting doable. They are on that right track of that not being doable. But um, they would honestly kick the living shit out of Iowa right now. So <laughs> I don't think so. I think uh, they 100% would. would. No, I think Iowa would shut that off, uh, offense down completely. They would have three points and Iowa would win five to three. Because mm-hmm. think about their that would, that would mean Iowa would have to score five points, which they're think, not gonna do. Okay. Uh think about this. Iowa's defensive line versus Colorado's offensive line. Enough said. No set. It's over. Iowa's I, offense, offensive Colorado, line. Colorado's no. offensive production would be all right. I've, no, I've looked at the rank. I know we've talked about this before, and I've looked at the rankings of their rel. Because oh no, actually, I was talking about this with my girlfriend. 
Uh, Colorado has the number one worst defense in FBS. Iowa has the number one worst offense in FBS. So, like, we are both in dead last in those perspectives. So, like, one, that matchup would be interesting to see. But two, looking at where we stand defensively ranked compared to where they stand offensively ranked, their offense ranks higher than our defense ranks in, like, the totality. So, putting two and two together, they win. No, they don't. They They do. They do. Their ass. Sorry. They, they 100% to, do. I feel like you need to rip that Iowa hat off your head right I, now. I feel like I am You're just being, being realistic. I, I am being no. realistic. I am no. being realistic. Iowa's defense is not what they were there last year. no chance in the world that Iowa loses the fucking Colorado. I'm Iowa's sorry. defense is not what they were last oh year. Oh, my God. Here we go. No, this is not it. Like, this is – Avery, Iowa look at play. the schedule comparison. Iowa has not played hardly anybody. Colorado has had ranked teams half this fucking season. I'm going to give you this. It would probably be a close game. Yeah, it would be. It would be I'm not saying game. it wouldn't be close, but Colorado but, wins that game. No, they wouldn't. They What's do. They, I, trust they me, don't. I don't love it. If I were cheering in that game, I'm cheering for Iowa. I've stated that before. I would want Iowa to win. But the reality of it is they probably don't. No, that's not true. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe that. Iowa would still win. They're not going to lose to a four and four Colorado school. I'm sorry. Yes, they would. Because it comes down. No, no, it doesn't. All right. Moving on then. Uh, Go ahead and talk about Kansas, Oklahoma. I'm sorry. I'm still pissed off. Um, I'm pissed off because you always have to call yourself out like, hey, I told you. Hey, I told you. Hey, I told you. And I'm fucking sick of it. So I'm calling you out on some shit. Anyways, moving on to Kansas versus Oklahoma. Uh, Kansas beat number six, Oklahoma, 38 to 33. Um, yeah, man, uh, Oklahoma might not be as good as advertised after this. What's, I mean, what's Kansas', Kansas, Kansas is record right now? They're six and two. They're a good, six they're a good six and two team. And, like, we were talking about it, probably Oklahoma versus Texas in the Big 12 championship. Watch out for Kansas. Watch out for Kansas. Kansas might have a shot at being at the Big 12 championship game. If they went out the rest of the year, they could be playing in the Big 12 championship, and I think they'd be pretty impressive. Because they fire on all uh, cylinders. And fun stat with this, Lance Leopold used to be UNO's football coach before they got rid of the UNO football program. I'm just saying, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, um, fuck Oklahoma. I don't really like – I mean, I like Oklahoma, but I don't like Oklahoma. And I like a true underdog. I know you do too. So we can at least agree on that. Um, But they do play Iowa State coming up. And so maybe I'll try to tune in for that game because it'll be a good game to watch. Iowa State is not having a great season, right? They're they're pretty down bad, if I remember correctly. It's been a little minute. It's been a hot minute since I've uh, tuned in on a game of theirs at all. But I want to say they're down pretty bad. Iowa State has actually a little bit turned it on. Uh, yeah, they are five and three right now in the Big Twelve. So this is actually not a bad game. Like, so they lost to Iowa twenty to thirteen. I think that's the last time we talked about them. Then they yep. went out and lost to uh, Ohio. So I think this might have been the last time, ten to seven. But and then they beat Oklahoma State, which is actually a pretty decent school. Um, and then they lost fifty to twenty against Oklahoma. So that's a little rough. Uh, but then they beat TCU. They beat Cincinnati and they beat Baylor, which Baylor's not a bad school. And now they they could probably be in the top 25 if they beat Kansas. Uh, well, maybe not, but 
They could be near there, but well, they do have. Kansas is now ranked. 21. Fort or what? I think they're ranked 21st. Yes. Yeah. Kansas is now ranked. So if Iowa State bid, did beat Kansas, it would be good understanding that they would move up and they would be like ranked at least in the top 25. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, well, you got to think, though. Would they really jump Iowa that's 6-2? and two, And if they Iowa goes out and beats Northwestern and they're 7-2, yes, would they jump? because Northwestern is a dog shit team. Yeah. And if Iowa beats them, it means nothing. Iowa still has a better record and in a better division. than the Against Kansas. worse competition, though. Better division. I, they we got to stop talking about Iowa tonight. We're getting way too off track here. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that'll be a cool game, Iowa State versus Kansas. It is in uh, Jack Trice Stadium in Iowa, so it'll be a good game of names. Uh, but moving on to our other game, and we can mention it briefly, number eight, Oregon versus number 13, Utah. We both love Utah, but Oregon whooped the fucking shit out of Utah, 35-6. to six. Yeah, Oregon, uh, Oregon turned it on. Bo Nix had a great game, fucking came out ready to go, and I, th- I think to them – this was their Pac-12 championship a little bit. I think they had it in their heads. Granted, there's Washington in there, so maybe not. But right. you got to think, Oregon or Oregon, Utah is what a two-time champ right now in the Pac-12. They're back-to-back champs um, this past year. So Oregon wants to see themselves winning a Pac-12 championship. This is a team that's won it the past two years. I, I think they came in in their heads thinking we're winning the championship right here. Yeah. I agree. And seeing number eight, Oregon versus number 13, Utah, like it's just like, a, oh, maybe Oregon is a playoff team this year. Maybe they had one bad step against uh, who they lose to Washington. Probably. Yeah, I think they lost. Yeah, to Washington. And that was only 36 to 33. Like, I think Oregon still has playoffs on their mind and they're ready to go kick the shit out of anybody they play. And and after this win, they're currently ranked number six. So they're, yeah. they're in contention. They like they could get there. Yeah, and your boy Bo Nix might have that might have been his Heisman game right there because that Utah defense is nothing to snuff at. Like we've talked about it all the time. How much of this goes back to Nate Johnson's quarterback play as a freshman? Do you think it's a different game if Cam Rising would have played this year? I think so. It's obviously a different game. Like there's no doubt that it's a different game if Cam Rising is in. Does that make a big enough swing to give Utah the dub? No, I don't believe so. For sure. But yeah, I, that'll be a great game to coming up. I mean, I mean that was uh I mean that will be that was a great game to watch to see what Oregon was really made of. Yes. Now, getting into some of our upcoming games that we have here. We've already mentioned Iowa is going to play Northwestern. Uh, super sh- frustrating because this game is going to be on Peacock. Who the fuck has Peacock subscription? Like fucking be on CBS or Fox or some shit that I can actually watch. Um, so that's just annoying there, but there was something else I was going to say about this game and I just forgot. So you go ahead. Isn't it at Wrigley? It's at Wrigley field. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's at Wrigley field. So that'll be a cool game. Uh, I always like when Iowa plays up at shit because I know a couple of years ago, they played at soldier field when they played Northern Illinois and now they're playing at Wrigley. So that'd be cool. It's in Chicago. It'll be a fun game, but I do think Iowa will pull it off and dominate. Uh, Iowa definitely has to pull this off. Northwestern is an absolute dog shit program right now. For sure. Well, they fired Pat Riley in halfway. Exactly. They shouldn't have. I mean, I get it. You know. I just remembered what I was thinking of now. 
what kind of Brian Fairings are we about to see? You know, first game after he gets told he's not going to return at the end of the season, but he's still here. Like, is he taking the approach like you were kind of saying of like, I'm going to try to put up as many points as I can, not that he's going to be capable of doing it at all. Or does he just kind of say, eh, whatever, like maybe fuck you, Iowa. Like, I'm not going to put up a single fucking point. It could go either way. I guess we got to <laughs> tune into Peacock and figure it out. I don't know. Uh, I never thought of the other side that you just mentioned that he said, oh, fuck this. Fuck you guys. But I also think he's auditioning for an offensive coordinating position somewhere. So I think at the end of the day, I mean, he wants to put his best foot forward for a coaching position because a coaching staff's not going to bring you on if you just give up and lay over. Definitely. That, that, that's a good point. Is he, at this point, he's trying to resume build. Like, hey, these are going to be the final games on my resume. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to do the absolute best I can in the hopes that someone will call me up and say, hey, yeah, we liked what you did there. <laughs> Come join. But our next game, man, number five, Washington versus 20 USC. Who do you got, Washington? Uh, yeah, Washington's going to kick the living shit out of Caleb Williams and USC. Be careful for a trap game. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, USC still has one of the best offenses in college football. Like, I don't think Caleb Williams is that great. But if they get into a shootout, like, that's the type of game USC wants to play. They don't want to play a defensive battle. They want to play in a shootout. And because Caleb Williams can win shootout games. He can't win when he's under pressure. Um, and he's not very good against top 25 teams uh, as of lately, the last couple of years. So it could be a good game. Uh, but I do hope Washington does kick the living dog shit out of uh, USC. Because yes, I, I okay. think... I, I could see the potential for an upset, but just I Caleb Williams is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you just said, he struggles against top 25 teams. Like you want to make the argument of like, who have you played? It's like, okay, who have you played? Well, I've played this team, this team, and this team. Yeah, and you lost every single one of them. So like, you're not good. He, he's not even in the Heisman talks anymore. He's completely out of the race. Like that's how poor he's been doing this season. I don't for want sure. him as a bear. <laughs> I really hope he does not show up as a Chicago Bear next year. But anyways, another good game that we're going to see is number 14 LSU versus number 8 Alabama. All I got to say in this game is Alabama wins this game. They're right back in contention of making the college football playoffs. Even after everybody wrote them off, even you, even me, after they lost to Texas. Well, Texas is number 17 in the country. Of course, they, you know, like that's a good team too. And I think if Alabama, and this just screams out the perfect Nick Saban game that everybody's calling me out saying, like, Alabama's having a down year. They're not there anymore. Nick Saban's going to come out, and he's going to prove everybody wrong, beat number 14 LSU, and then make a run for the college football playoffs, beat Georgia in the uh, SEC championship, and then guess what? They are right there in the playoffs. All right. Two slash three big issues with one, what you just said. One, you said number if number eight, Alabama – beats 14 LSU, eight versus 14. This if is a win, That You listen, you let me talk. If they beat them, they go up in the top four. I'm not saying One, they go. No, hey, I, oh, hey, oh, yeah. That is what you just said. One, said that does not happen because you should win. An eight should beat a 14. That just is like solidifies them as an eight. I know that always doesn't work perfectly because how other teams move and whatnot. Like there's more motion than that. But also you said they lost to Texas, who's number seven. 
that is right. one position above them. Also not in the top four right now. A lot, they should lose to Texas. If they truly are number eight and Texas is number seven, they should lose that game. And they did lose that game. If Texas was number one and that was their only loss, I could see the case for the argument. Like, yeah, you lost to the team that might actually win it, win it all. But I do not think they're in contention at all. Like, even just beating 14 LSU, like, that doesn't put them back in contention. I'll tell you two reasons why they are real quick. One, if they – we've said it before. The Pac-12 is going to cannibalize each other in this – year in college football right now uh number five washington versus number eight or number five washington number six oregon those are two teams that are not currently in the top four yet right but if alabama goes out and they run the table they beat lsu this is the starting point if they beat lsu right here they win the rest of their games they're going to be in the sec championship Who, who are the rest of their games alabama the rest of their games is all right, they got LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn. They're going to win ranked, the rest. Of not ranked. Is Auburn ranked? Kentucky's ranked. Oh, what's Kentucky ranked? Twenty-three. So they beat, they beat fourteen LSU, twenty-three Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn. Guess what? That's two ranked teams. They end up in the SEC championship and they beat Georgia, two, the number two, two team in the non-top ten ranked. Let me finish. They beat the number two team in the country. Well, and Georgia might be number one at that point. They beat number two or number one, Georgia, at this point. A couple of these teams fall. They're right back in playoff contention. I'm not saying they're in the playoffs, but I'm saying they are right back at four, five, six. They're right back in the talk of being in the college football playoffs, especially if they do go out and beat Georgia. And that's why I'm saying Alabama is not dead yet. They had one game against number seven, Texas, and they only lost 34 to 24, and it was a lot closer than that score shows. I think they have a good shot at still being in the college football playoffs. There would have to be a lot of movement and a lot of things to happen. I, I won't say it's not possible, but it's so unlikely that like it ain't happening. We watched TCU lose their championship game, and they were still in it. Kansas didn't go in at all, whatever. Slightly different situations, I know. But still, like to that principle, like this one game. One, I don't think they beat Georgia. If they do come down to them in the SEC championship, like they're not going to beat them. It's Georgia. Two, just the, the math doesn't make sense. That, like, you're number eight. We're getting too far along in the season. You got to be at least top six-ish right now. I don't know. There's, there's a few games left, I guess. But they, I, I don't think they're, they're fairly well dead. They could get there. It'd be a long shot. But they are hanging on by a thread. Uh, that's all I'm saying. They're in contention. I'm not saying they're a playoff team. I'm just in contention is different than hanging by a thread to me. In contention to me is like, you got a real chance at this. They don't. I, they have a miracle to happen. No, I don't think so. I, I think they're in contention. They're a well-run organization. They're a well-run coach. Uh, Nick Saban has a proven track record of proving doubters wrong like you. And I'm not saying I'm a roll tide like Crimson. Man. I don't like Alabama. But Alabama also has a history of proving people wrong all the fucking time. And that's all I'm saying. But anyways... Good college football recap right there. We got a little heated on there <laughs> a couple of times. We will get into our NFL recap now. Bears versus Chargers. The Bears lost pretty badly. I mean, th- thir- 30 to 13 doesn't look horrible, but, like, it felt a lot worse in the game. Yeah. Um, I just got one thing to say. I told you Tyson Bajan was not that great. 
Um, I am still not a Tyson Bajan fan. I like Tyson Bajan as a backup quarterback. And it goes back to the thing we say. But I, a part of me is okay with this loss uh, in a weird way. I'm at that part of the year where when the game turns on, I'm a diehard, let's go Bears. Like, bear down. But when the game is off and I realize we have lost and we fall to two and six, I'm like, well, we gotta. We're moving up to that top pick. And also, it was a double winner for me because two games prior to Justin Fields getting hurt, he went for eight touchdowns, one interception, and looked like a really good quarterback in the NFL. Tyson Bajent tonight, his well, let's go back to his first game. Tyson Bajent in his very first game, 162 yards, one TD, one interception. Not bad for an undrafted guy. I know you love your undrafted guys, especially from a D2 college. That's fine. But this game against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football, he did not look great. He had three picks. Two, one of them was his fault, of course. One wasn't his fault at the end of the game. But one was, it could have been the receiver's fault. Uh, speaking of receivers, fuck Vilas Jones. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, Vilas Jones. <laughs> He should probably be let go at this point. He, yeah. I mean, we saw the only bad things out of last season with him. Uh, does not help his case whatsoever this season. And going back to that last Bajent touchdown, just the play calling there. Yeah. Because th- this was the situation, right? This was the er, – no, I'm thinking of the Packers game. I, I can't remember what I'm thinking of. This wasn't the, like, fourth and long and he tried to heave it downfield, was it? No, that was the Vikings game the week prior. That was the Vikings game. Okay. I was like I was I was mixing up games there for a second. I thought so. But yeah, no. It was it was a rough game. It did not look great. I to me it was the defense. Like where the hell was the defense at? The Chargers were just moving the ball, cruising along, like looking absolutely unimpeded. Yeah. Uh and this goes back to Matt Eberflus. I mean, he's our defensive coordinator since Aaron Williams resigned, right? They've looked worse. I feel like they haven't looked great since Matt Eberflus has taken over the defense. Matt Eberflus, you were hired because you were a great defense coordinator. You suck. And when are we going to let go of this guy? It's going to be after this year. He's not going to be a bear, uh, the Bears head coach for much longer. But with you mentioning defense, we did beef up our defense a little bit with getting Montez Sweat. Yeah, we got Montez Sweat. Uh, he's edge rush, right? He's an edge rush yep. president. So um, he would have been on the other side and or rotating with Chase Young, the other big edge rush on the commanders. Uh, We wanted Chase Young. I know that was kind of the talks or the rumors that we were talking about getting Chase Young. Uh, We didn't get him. We got Montez Sweat, a name I'm not as familiar with as I am Chase Young. Hopefully he's just as productive, but I I don't really know. He's better than Chase Young. He puts up – he's better production-wise than Chase Young. The only thing is Chase Young, he has more potential. That's what that's that's the difference between the two. Uh, Chase Young, he has so much more potential, a little bit younger. But Montez Sweat is still a great defensive end in the NFL, and he's been a great defensive end for Washington. Um, we gave up a second round. The one thing I don't like about this trade is he's on his last year of the contract, and we traded for a guy that's on his last year of the contract, and we're two and six. This is a move that a playoff team makes Ooh. for a playoff. This is not the move, a 2-6 and six team that knows they're not great and not going to make the playoffs. We don't make that move. And so, like, that's why I'm frustrated. Of course, they could franchise tag him and he could play in Chicago for a year. But that's still giving up a lot of money to franchise, uh, franchise tag somebody. And then, two, the other perspective of it 
is even if we want a long-term deal, doesn't mean he wants to sign with Chicago. Yeah, that's, that is a key issue of wanting to get good players in Chicago is it goes back to that kind of like Iowa of announcing the fairings retirement. What that is like, you need players to want to be there as well. Like right. it's a little bit easier in the NFL because you can draft and uh, sign and stuff. It's not like recruiting where you have to fully, fully convince a player to come to you, but you do still have to have a little bit of that player being okay with being there. They don't necessarily have to really want to go there. They don't necessarily have to pick you over everybody else but there should be a degree of acceptance of I am okay with going here. I am okay with trying my hardest here. I do want to be here. For sure. Uh, but moving on, since we're running out of a little bit of time, the Bengals, they played the 49ers uh, this upcoming week and the Bengals won 31 to 17. A lot of people said the Bengals were dead. Joe Burrow's kind of back. He played through that injury that he had and the 49ers, they just traded for Chase Young after dropping three straight. Yeah. What has happened to the 49ers? They have not been looking great lately. Like you said, past three games, loss. Like, like what happened? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think they've just played good competition and people are starting to shut down Christian McCaffrey. He's fighting through injury with his oblique. I think there's a couple of things with that. He's their whole run game right there, Christian McCaffrey. And it comes back to quarterback play. Brock Purdy has not looked great. Yeah. Um, just to keep things rolling, speaking of quarterback play and speaking of injuries, we also had the Vikings taking on the Packers last Sunday and Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. So uh, Vikings are in a little bit of a situation right now as far as quarterback play is concerned because they have Justin Jefferson out already too. Right. Uh, they did trade for Josh Dobbs. I thought it was funny with Josh Dobbs because uh, if you think about it, dude, like Josh Dobbs, he just played eight games for the Arizona Cardinals as their starting quarterback. And now he's going to go to Minnesota and he's going to finish out the season. When's the last time you've seen a quarterback get traded halfway through and started for two different teams? Like, I know we saw Baker Mayfield last year, but he didn't even start all the games in Carolina. He got benched yeah. after two. Like, so there was Josh, competition there. Like, who, right. who are the Cardinals rolling with right now then? Uh, they got Clayton Toon, but uh, evidently uh, Kyler is supposed to be back mm. next Gotcha. So they'll be rolling with Kyler again. That. I mean, that makes sense. That that makes it look like, hey, Kyler's down right now. We need a guy. Here's Josh Dobbs. Oh, Kyler's coming back. Vikings need a guy. Go ahead, take him. Like, we don't need him anymore. That that seems like a good trade. Uh, where do you think the Vikings go from here? No, I think the Vikings, it's hard, right? Because they just moved to four and four. And they just climbed back because they started off 0 and 4. And I'm not going to lie, Kirk Cousins has been playing MVP caliber football. He's been the best part of that team, and he's like fought through Justin Jefferson. He's fought through a shitty defense, and they're four and four. Like they're only two games away from the Lions of winning the NFC North, and him going out, it really sucks because now it's like, do you tank for Caleb Williams in like the NFL draft? But right now, I think they won too many games to even tank. Yeah, I um, definitely think that the Vikings are just a weird team this season. I don't, I haven't really known what to think of them. It's like you said, they go on a little bit of a losing stretch, then they start going on a bit of a winning stretch, and then now this, obviously, I think they continue on with the losing stretch, which, yeah, they're probably okay with because they're probably about time to be getting a new quarterback anyway, even if he is going to sit under Cousins and learn a little bit for a while. But Caleb Williams would be perfect for them. 
mostly <laughs> just because I, I don't like either of them. For sure. Uh, but last game we'll recap real quick here, Raiders versus Lions. Yeah, just a bounce-back game for the Lions after they got blanked by the Ravens. Uh, but also, like, the more news is on the Raiders' side, Josh McDaniels has been fired by the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so no head coach. They're going with the interim now. Um, he deserved it. They were trash, terrible with Josh McDaniels. So uh, hopefully they can bring somebody in that's solid. Um, also, they're benching Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year, and they're going with rookie Aiden O'Connell because he's played really bad. Yeah, Garoppolo definitely does not look like Garoppolo right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a Raiders thing. I don't know if he is just washed up and done, but, like, he seems like he's not playing like himself or he does not have the same kind. He's never been great. Like he's never been a, I'm going to win a Super Bowl kind of guy, but he's always been a fairly consistent, like we'll get the job done type of guy. Right now, just we're not seeing that out of him. Yeah. You want to swing into some of these upcoming NFL games? We'll get into these upcoming games. We'll go in order of the time slots. They're going to happen. We've got Dolphins versus Chiefs, which is going to be taking place in Germany, which means it's going to be on at 8.30 in the morning here in the States. Yeah, no, this is going to be a good game, man. Uh, this is the game that you find out if the Miami Dolphins are for real. I think if they can go out and they can be Kansas City and Germany, we're talking a, a lot differently about Miami because right now they haven't played anybody real this year. And I think this, if they go out and beat them, like, I mean, they have a good record of, I think Miami's record right now is decent. Not yeah. as good as the Chiefs, though, I'm pretty sure. Chiefs only have one loss, right? Or two. They have two. two. Well, did we recap Chiefs-Broncos? We didn't need to recap Chiefs-Broncos. Chiefs Broncos. Yeah. yeah, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos. First of all, yay, go Broncos. First game in 16 matchups that they've That's beat good. the Chiefs. Insane. That is crazy. It's the, it's the Matt Nagy effect. That's what I tell my buddy Phil that switched from being a Cowboys fan to a Chiefs fan. Well, you got Matt Nagy. It's the Matt Nagy effect right there. Uh, but, no, the Miami Dolphins, they're 6-2, and two too. They're both 6-2. and two. This, oh. could be, this could be, like, one of those games you look back at, at the end of the season and be like, this is why the Miami Dolphins have home field advantage is because they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But so they this won. is a great game to be happening in Germany because they're actually going to get a really high-level, good football game being yes. played over there. And also, the Broncos just beat the Chiefs, right? The Broncos lost to the Miami Dolphins earlier in the year, 70-20. to 20. So I'm just saying Miami might win this game. I don't know. The, the, way, the way things typically would work, you would think that that is Miami's winning game right there. Yeah. Um, this game being on at 8.30 is honestly awesome for me because uh, I get to watch it. I get to watch it first thing in the morning. Even before I started coaching football, I would always wake up Sunday morning, make breakfast, whatever, blah, 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 get ready for the day. And I'd have to sit around for like an hour or two just waiting for football to kick off. Right. Now, I don't have to wait. It's going to be on. I'm going to wake up and it'll be there just waiting for me. I like it. I also don't like it. I mean, I feel like we've been having too many Europe games, but I think it's the NFL trying to get us used to Europe times because I guarantee we're going to have an NFL team within the next 10 years in Europe somewhere, whether it's England, Germany, oh, excuse me, England, Germany, or someplace. I think that's why the NFL keeps scheduling games over there. They're uh, definitely trying to expand that reach a little bit to become a little bit more global. So there, it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of fans over there. Like when right. I studied abroad, you know, like there were plenty of football fans still. So I think it's cool that they're actually getting out there a little bit and giving them something to watch. 
It's no but, um, league, but you know, it's something. It's something for sure. But we'll get into our noon games here with our very own Chicago Bears facing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I don't know what to think. We'll I, we'll start with this. Bajan's going to be starting again. Um, yeah. I don't know why Fields is. Not, they never specifically said Fields was out for the week. They just said Bajant was – and by they, I mean Eberflus. Just yeah. said Bajant was starting. They never specified Fields being hurt. The last thing I heard was he's week to week. So I don't – I mean, he's week to week now, I guess. I mean, Eberflus is terrible at communicating with the media. I hate to say it. He's bad, man. Like, I thought Bill Belichick didn't have, like, a personality, but Eberflus just sounds so dull. And that's kind of what this matchup is. Like, when I look at Bear Saints this year, I'm like, ew. Like, it's disgusting. I don't even know if I want to waste my noon of, like, noon kickoff. I hope you don't want to watch this game. I, like, I just don't. I'm, do- I'm done with them. I, t- I don't want to see it. And Derek Carr hasn't looked great in New Orleans either. So, like, maybe the Raiders made a good move moving off. But uh, the Saints are 4-4. Four and four. I mean, they're not bad. They're just the consistent epitome of average, and they're going to play a really bad Chicago Bears team. And we'll probably win it, and we'll fall, probably fall to two and seven, and it's going to suck. But that's all I got. Yeah. Um, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see if I watch this game. I mean, I'll be kind of at work, so, like, I'm sure I'll be tuned in a little bit to it, but not, like, fully, fully invested in it. And who knows? It could be shutting it off altogether if it is truly disappointing. If it's real disappointing in the first quarter and I'm not liking what I'm seeing, I'll probably just shut it off and decide to watch something else instead. Sure. But um, curious to see how this one goes because this one could also be a potential, like, if the Bears do win this game, yeah, Saints are real average and mediocre, but, like, that'd be three wins so far in our season, you know? Like, this more than we honestly expected after the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that's fair. I mean... But at the same time, I do want to win this game because I want to win a couple more so we don't have Caleb Williams in our sights because I really don't want Caleb Williams. I, I don't think we have Caleb Williams in our sights anyway. I, I think regardless if we have a first round. But well, because that truly depends on the Panthers. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily have too much oh, to do with us. That has Panthers, to do entirely with the Panthers. The Panthers did win this week. And they did win their first game. Yeah, against the Panthers. one and six. Yeah, one versus two. Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. And uh, Bryce Young, even though C.J. Stroud's had a better year, uh, Bryce Young got the better of him. So congrats yeah. to that. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, but Does that yeah. your opinions of uh, Stroud being better than no. Young's? Did? I love I love Stroud, man. He's still good. Like no, I, I, I feel I, the same way. I I like fully support Stroud over Young. Um, I mean, you're talking twenty two guys versus twenty two guys. Like mm-hmm. you can't compare the one guy. Right. for the entirety of a game. And it was a le- very last second win. Too. It was like a very last minute field goal to win it by one point. It's not like they blew them out or anything. For sure. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about, the Bills versus the Bengals. And the reason we're going to talk about this, one, it's going to be a great game. I mean, Bills versus Bengals. They we passed the playoff game from last. Yeah. Was, this the, was this the AFC championship game? No, divisional round. Divisional, divisional round. Because okay. they went out and lost to the uh, yes. Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is going to be a great game. One, like Bills Bengals, they kind of started building a rivalry uh, within the last couple of years. And two, a year ago, uh, we mentioned Adam Johnson, the hockey player, dying on the field. Well, Damar Hamlin last year almost died on the field. And that's why you mentioned NFL and in the United States, they have first responders right there. 
and he almost died on the field a year ago and on Sunday night football, believe it or not. So this is, you know, kind of like the rematch that we never got to see after they finished that game. And uh, I, you know, it's a little somber, but at the same time, DeMar's playing and he's playing well this year. He's actually their starting safety now. There and you go. I think, I think this can be a bounce back game for the Bengals or for the Bills. But at the same time, Joe Burrow, when he gets hot, man, when he's off, he's really off. Like earlier in the year, he takes a while to get going. But when he gets going, Joe Burrow's probably the third best quarterback in the NFL. Well, and this will be an interesting game too because the Bills, are they not in the same kind of boat as the Bengals right now in the first place? Like like we're talking last year, they're in a divisional round. Like we're waiting to see who's going to win the Super Bowl, like Bills or Bengals. It's whoever comes out of this game. I mean, the yeah. Chiefs are there, but like truly these guys were the talk. Um, and then now this season, you'd expect them to kind of be back, kind of right back where they were. Like, all right, let's go make another run for it. But Bills have struggled a little bit. Bengals, we know, have faltered some. So instead of a super, super high-level matchup, it'll still be a really good competitive high-level game. But we're also seeing a little bit two lesser teams than we did facing off last year, I feel. I don't know if it's a lesser team. I just don't think they've played to their potential. I do think that it's a get-right game. Whoever wins this game is like the epitome of, hey, this is our get-right game. We go out, we win this game, because right now the Bengals are 4-3, and three, the Bills are 5-3. and three. So either the Bills are moving to 6-3 and three on the year, which is pretty good record in the NFL, or the Bengals are moving to 5-3, and three, which is still pretty good record in the NFL. And I think the Bengals need it more because the AFC East is like, well, I don't know, because the Dolphins are really good, especially if they beat Kansas City. Um, but the Bengals, they play in a tough AFC North. Right now I'm watching Pittsburgh beat Tennessee. And like the AFC North, they got the Ravens, they got the tight or they got the Ravens, they got the Bengals, they got the Browns that look good with PJ Walker. I mean, like they're in Pittsburgh. Like I think that that AFC North is probably like the Pac twelve of the NFL this year. Yeah. This one way or another, like I said, this is definitely gonna be a really, really good game to watch um Sunday night. So Will be that's actually a good primetime matchup. I feel yeah. like we've had some primetime matchups lately that have just been a little Chargers Bears. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right there. There you go. Like, like what the fuck are we watching? This is our this is our primetime game. But no, this this one should actually be a good one. Uh I'm excited to see it. I'll I'll be tuning into this one for sure. It's not gonna be one that I just kind of put on for background noise. This one I'm gonna want to watch. And um that being said, we're we're a bit over our usual time limit and whatnot, so We'll go ahead and wrap her up and sign her off. All right. All I got to say is go like, subscribe, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You know the deal. But also, thanks for watching, guys. I know we got a couple of new listeners. I appreciate you guys out there for uh, tuning in. Um, and I got two words to say. Bear down.